In this episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast, Bill corrects my incorrect pronunciation of 70s French coaching shorts. We dissect a title song from a 70s movie that's being remade in 2019. And we do a skills episode and talk about the skill required to learn a new skill. Welcome back to the Advanced Selling Podcast, the longest running sales training podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bill Kasky. I'm the other host, Brian Neal. We would love to come see you. Let's just start there. Yeah. Uh, it is July, soon being soon into August. Yeah. And so we are planning our fall schedule. And if you have a sales meeting coming up, we got one the other day that the sales meeting was next week. We, we, need, <laughs> we need a little more time than that. But not we're, much more. So we're, if, we're appreciative, but yeah, yeah if a you're more a, four days, a month or so out, that's probably ideal. So if you have something coming up, October, November, December, we'd love to come out and see you. Both of us, one of us, neither of us. It would be a, fun to do a same day ask, like a pop up meeting. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Someone yeah. calls in the morning at nine, like, hey, can you guys be over here at noon? Like, sure. <laughs> Can, yeah. you, can you be in Columbus, Ohio, or Cleveland at noon? That's right. Yeah, we do that. Sure. Fee goes way up if it it's does. the same day though. Yep. So um, we were talking here, we have a gallery of sorts here in the <laughs> studio today, and we were uh, talking about the old baseball coaches' shorts. Yeah, and football. And football. Yes. And I used to wear those when I played softball back yes. in the day. And I, yes. They were, and they were made by... Riddell. Riddell. Riddell is the company, I think, that made them. Okay. Yeah. They make and they helmets, were, and they, they make do, all yeah, sorts a lot of, of sports, sporting events. And, I, and uh, they are uh, referred to as Sansa Belts. Sans, sans a belt. A belt. Well, like French for n- without. Without. Sans a belt. <laughs> well, I did a little research. And actually, yeah. <laughs> the, in, the dichotomy here is that the person who wears the sans a belt yes. will never pronounce it the way it's supposed to be pronounced. Which is? But it's sans. sans. <laughs> the French pronunciation is sans. So you like to uh, tell my football coach, <laughs> Coach Lighty, like... Exactly. Hey, Coach, uh, where did you get those songs and those pants? Is that what you want me to do? Songs and you know, yeah. You know who else does that? I love when people like go into full um, pr- proper pronunciation. Uh, Alex Trebek does that on Jeopardy. Oh, yeah, yes. he does. So he'll he does. say, you know, he's like, da, 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 da. Yeah, the French. And, or, he does. It, it doesn't matter anything. It, it's, you know, the... Yeah. It's a bon son. Like, <laughs> he'll, he'll be like... Um, this craft, uh, uh, this building was built in the 1200s um, by his arch nemesis, I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Just say it like Just say we're, it. we're say in it America. Like you're in man, say it like you're in yeah. Evansville. Amen to that. That's really funny. So, um, all right. So if you, if you are a marketing person and you're talking about serif fonts and sans serif, like I used to call them, don't sans say serif. that. Say, are you using a song serif? Is that a song? Or just song? a serif? Okay. <laughs> do you remember the song Shaft, Brian? I do. Okay. That's a long, that's an, that's an oldie. It's an oldie, an oldie and it's coming back because Shaft. there's a new version of there Shaft. Is. It's a, uh, there was a private detective back in the 70s, 1971, Isaac Hayes sang the song. And uh, there's something funny that I think is in the song, and I'd like for you to walk me off the ledge here. Not I don't sure. know if this this tickles me, but I'm not sure if it it, it, it may just be my weird sense of humor. Yeah, so, so I'm going to play it. Here we go. Who's the black private dick that's a sex machine to all the chicks? <laughs> you damn right. Okay, so <laughs> who's the black private detective that's a sex machine with yeah. all the chicks. Yeah. Shaft, you're, di- you're damn yeah. right. Okay, yes. here's the second stanza. I'm getting somewhere here, so. 
man that would risk his neck for his brother man. Can you dig it? Okay. Yeah. Who's the man who would risk his neck for his brother man? I mean, I like this, this sounds it. like a guy uh, who's a, a stud, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here we go. Here's number three. Who's the cat that walk about when there's danger all about? Right on. So you see, by now you're establishing a pattern where... Uh, the singer says, who is this guy? Uh, yes. And the, the background singers are always like, Shaft. They know, Shaft. They yeah, know who it is. That's good. That's Everything's it. good. Yeah. And we're, we're, so now we're coming up to the fourth stanza here. Is it Stanza? They say this cat Shaft is a bad mother. I'm done my Shaft. Okay, so why there, <laughs> why there do we say, hey, that cat Shaft is a bad mother? We've already established he's a bad mother. He he's, is. he's a sex machine with he all the is, chicks. Right? And he's brave. And they him. say, shut your mouth. Well, yes. why would they say shut your mouth? They've just agreed that Shaft is like the stud. I think that was a clever way to uh, bleep out the lyric that he was trying. He said a bad oh, mother yeah. blank. Which you couldn't do in 71. Which you couldn't really beep, right? And you can't... Uh, interesting to see if those lyrics are going to hold in 2019. Yeah. Because the, the movie's out, right? Yeah. It's almost it out. Samuel out. L. Jackson is in there, right? And I'll play it again. And I want I you like, to hear the way he, the way he says bad. Because I didn't yeah. really realize this. Right on. <laughs> I said this cat Shaft is a bad mother. <laughs> bad. I'm talking about Shaft. Someone let a sheep on set? <laughs> That's exactly what I bad. told Travis. Is bad mother. Shut your mouth. I'm talking about Shaft. Okay. I'd be interested to see the remake. Some good yeah. people in here. Method Man. Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Shaft. Yeah, nothing wrong with a little Shaft music. Hey, uh, before we get into our uh, topic today, question for you. Are you frustrated at all by your leaky sales funnel? With mm-hmm. prospects falling through the cracks and deals that don't close, everyone has that issue to some degree, I know. Well, there is a solution for you. Outreach.io, the leading sales engagement platform, supports sales reps and their managers by making it simple to humanize and personalize communication at scale, automating that soul-sucking manual work, and dramatically increasing the productivity and efficiency of all of your revenue-generating teams. You can check them out at outreach.io forward slash ASP. That's outreach.io forward slash ASP. Chat with them and receive a free copy of their book on sales engagement called The Book on Sales Engagement. Outreach.io forward slash ASP. Check them out, our good friends at Outreach. Okay. Right, topic. Yes. Inspired by. You listen. Oh, to did the it, podcast. is it my yeah. topic? Yeah, yeah, your okay. topic, right? Inspired by your podcast. Yeah, you so to. I know um, you are friends with or colleagues with or know client um, of Dan Sullivan client of yep who runs a program called strategic coach he and yep. Mike Koenigs have a podcast called capability amplifier yeah uh, I, I would rate it pretty good it, yep. it comes out probably once a month and uh, they talk about some pretty wild things they're they're both kind of of the mind that th- there's all sorts of things that are coming down the path and you need to be ready for them and I do think generally they're right but one of the things that they talked about the other day, and they didn't spend a lot of time on it, and, and I'll, we'll send them a copy of this, is, is this idea of transitioning skills. Mm. And it's the whole idea of if you're going to stop doing something in a certain way and you're going to start doing it in a different way, there is a skill of transitioning yeah. and migration. And I know in our business, when we go into an organization and they say we want to improve sales, we go in with a with content and curriculum. We teach them things. Yes. And it's, oh, it's hard sometimes to get somebody to re- release or relinquish the way they've always done things yes. to come to yes. the way we say. So 
the question is, is, is there a skill set in transitioning? And I think that would work. You know, last week on the podcast, we talked about, you know, social media skills and how do we get out of this? Well, you know, I'm just out here calling. I'm just going to, I need to use the media asset that's available. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like an easy thing, but it's a big shift. So Very. I think that also is a transition. And so I thought I'd uh, throw it out there and see if we want to riff on this we a like, bit today. I like to riff on it. What yeah. do you think? There's no doubt that the... Uh, and we see it. There's an evolution, and one of the I think one of the problems I have as a, as a teacher, coach, person is you've been doing it for so long, 20, 30 years. Uh, everything you teach is ingrained. Everything I teach, I use uh, daily. So it's, it's second nature. It's natural to me. When I go into a brand new client, I have to remember sometimes this is all totally brand new, and it's really hard to take yourself back to when you didn't know something. Yeah. Uh, and remember what that felt like when they're trying to do something new. So I think this is a great topic to discuss. Okay, how do I show up? What skill do I need when a coach comes in and says, here's a different way to do something, a different approach, different language, that sort of thing? Uh, Because there's no doubt, and we see it, our clients, the ones that are the most successful over time, seem to have some of these skills we're going to talk about innately. And so hopefully all of you... it's a rarity, though. It's a rarity. So that's why we want to do this. We want to start to uh, make this a little more... Yes. And I want everyone to hear, it is nobody's fault. It's not like it was bad that you don't naturally do this because the vast majority and Bill and I will attest do not do this naturally mm-hmm. what we're trying to do is say here's something we see the few that really pop out and outperform here's some traits and things that they do how can you copy and emulate them yeah right that's good. a good thing to do so I've got three yep I have three in a mo- I have two in a model I would imagine yeah. uh, they're probably similar but uh, yeah, you want to it's great well I'll, I'll go first and, yep. and this one is really not so much a thing for you to do in terms of tactics it's more get a coach that has either done it or is superb at explaining it. Oh. And mm. what I find with me is when, when I'm looking to undertake a new project that I'm not familiar with and mm-hmm. there's a coach available, mm-hmm. I want a coach who is really good at explaining it. I don't really care if they've done it before, although yeah. that helps because their, their depth of knowledge in it will be richer. Like I doubt if there's too many coaches or trainers that have as much experience with the number of clients that you and I have. I know there's people who've been in the business longer, but in terms of repetitive, yeah, because uh, a lot of people who have been in the business do one speech a week. Well, hell, right. we do 10 trainings a week. Exactly. So, um, oh, my arm hurt from patting myself on the back. <laughs> I got a little cramp. But when, you, when I get a coach, I want someone who's really good at, at becoming clear about it, explaining how to do it, predicting the pitfalls that I'm going to come yes. up against, and that I trust. Yes. Because if I if I trust the person, I don't even need to like them, but if I trust them, I will do everything they say. And I think that is a failing a lot of times of trainers is they go in and they don't establish the trust so people are like, you know, it's optional behavior. I can do it the old way or I can do it the new way. Yeah. But I don't have trust in the coach. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Got to go all in with that at some point. The trust part, I mean, have to do that with your coach. Uh, this is a model that we've uh, all used, I think, or heard of in the past. Now, some listeners may not have heard of this model. So this may be new to some of you, and some of you are like, yeah, I've heard that. So if you've heard it in the past, pull it back out and say, oh, I need to pull this back in if I'm learning a new skill. If you haven't heard it, write it down. Really important. This is the unconscious incompetence to unconscious competence model, right? And this is a learning uh, uh, framework that you can look at and you think about it for a minute and go, oh my gosh, I've done this several times in my life and I'll demonstrate how. So we start with unconscious incompetence. That means that I don't know that the way I'm doing it isn't the best way possible. Unconscious incompetence. I'm unaware that there's a better way to do something and I'm just there and it's okay. It's not my fault. Then someone comes along like Bill or I, 
like Bill or me, Bill or I, like Bill or I, Bill, or I, Bill or I, thank you very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we say, hey, there's a different way to do this. And we start to point things out to people that they haven't noticed before. Now they become consciously incompetent. And that just means that they, they, they realize now, oh my gosh, the way I've been doing that may not be the best way. I always send a follow-up message that says, hey, it's me just checking in. Do you have any questions? And then Brian and Bill comes in and says, that's not really very valuable to someone. And they go, you know, yeah, it's not, is it? So now they're consciously yeah. incompetent. Then Bill and I teach a different way to do that, but they have to think about it. It's not natural. Now they're consciously competent. So they learn a new skill, but they have to think about it uh, and do it on purpose. It's not natural yet. And then over repetitive time, it becomes unconsciously competent where they don't do it the old way. They do it the new way anymore. The trick on this model is to recognize that it exists and know where you are and be where you are. I had a friend of mine last night, we were talking about football refereeing and moving up the ladder. And he had, there's a big 10 football coach who said, be where your feet are, be where your feet are. Not too far looking ahead. Mm-hmm. Don't be playing mm-hmm. the bowl game. Don't be thinking about the next level of the <laughs> yeah, game. Right. Be where your feet are. That's what this is. So if your feet are unconsciously incompetent, be there. Just stay in, okay, the way I've been doing it may not be the best way, and that's where I'm at. Yeah. And if you do that and take time with it, you'll see that these skills really start to um, become you know, unconscious habits over time. Yeah, I was thinking as you were going through that, I was thinking that the, the hardest part for me is that movement from conscious competence to unconscious competence because mm. there's always the risk of backsliding yes. and going back to your old ways yeah. because that's really that's where the rocket ship starts to really gain altitude and if there's if there's a lot of force and the force of habit is a big force. I've just done it this way for so long. I'm yep. trying to learn what Brian said, but yep. man, it's hard. No, it's yep. not hard. No. It's only hard because you have habits that are so strong. Yes. And I also added, I thought you were going down a different path, but I like the path oh, you went down. Okay. No, no, no problem with that okay. path you went down. You can down. judge my I'm past okay. and pat I'm yourself okay. on the back at the same time. It's yeah, fine. I'm di- I like I just it. Did, let me do that again. No. <laughs> is the think-act-results model, uh-huh. and that is... Oh, you mean, you mean the TAR model? Is that what you're going model. after here? Yeah. TAR? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the TAR model is how you think determines how you act, and how you act determines your results. So if we want to change action... I mean, we ultimately want to change results, but let's say, Bill, uh, you know, you or I go in or you're trying to learn something new. You really have to start with your thinking. Yes. And how is my thinking going to have to change? And that was my second one is mm. be becoming clear about what needs to change. Don't just look for actions, though, because if I just if if I say, well, you just got to go post more on LinkedIn. Well, if my thinking doesn't change about why I'm even doing it or what the media asset is or what's possible. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to come up with all really good creative excuses as to why I can't do it. Yes. So check out your thinking when you're looking to change and reinvent yourself. I think that's part of the skill. Love it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to steal another football terminology as we creep up on the 2019 mm-hmm. football campaign. And that is uh, the idea of um, focused patience, focused patience. And um, what I'm going to say here is the preseason install. So when football teams go to training camps, any sports teams, they have a whole bunch of plays. When they start the season, they do what's called an install meeting where they say, we're going to learn six offensive plays today. And when they start, they really start with a baseline, especially like you get to high school teams. They start, they have 12 plays in August and they work those 12 plays over and over and over again until they nail those 12 plays. Then they add six more. Now they have 18. They work those new six over and they go back to the 12 and work the 12 again. Mm -hmm. Now they have 18 good plays. Then they add six more. You do that through the season, then over the end of the season, you've got 48 plays yeah. that you know really well. Yeah. And so it's this 
get good at these small yeah, the small bits. That's good. Then add one on, but go back and practice, practice. You know, do that. So, yeah. so yeah. that that's, slow that's install. Excellent. That's what you do, and you do this skill wise. Because I know when I teach, sometimes I'll put I'll put forty things on yeah. the board. Yeah. And what I've got to make sure I do is we're going to put forty on the board to expose you to them. We're going to grab one, practice, practice. Then we're going to take that one and add. See that? I love that, and that's part of uh, this idea of clarity of path. Yeah, is that if you're. I always feel like we're always on a journey somewhere. We're, we're journeying from where we are to where we want to be. And along that journey are milestones along that path. And what you're talking about is it's okay to install 48 plays, but make sure you do them properly and appropriately yes. in the cadences, yes. right? And I think that's the same thing in probably my third point here and third and final point, because I know you want me to finish up because you've got you're giving me that whole, that whole thing, <laughs> no. that whole spiral thing, uh, is... Make sure you know what the path is between, you know, where you are now and mastering of this new skill. And I think if you do that, you'll start to see, oh my gosh, well, that's not that difficult. No. If I just do this and then this and then this, and I take a break for a month and I come back and do this, it's, it's not hard, but if we try to accomplish it all at once or the coach is not right or the path is not clear, it becomes very difficult. It does, extremely. My last bit, and I kind of, bled into it in my last in my second one mm-hmm. is you have to practice and there's a there's a practicing skill and if you watch any performance anything if you watch a musician if you watch a, a actor if you watch a football player if you watch a really great salesperson if you watch a public speaker uh you will notice that the best ones are the best practicers and so many salespeople are it. reluctant to we practice uh and for all sorts of reasons laziness <clears throat> they think they're too good for it ego, embarrassment, whatever you want to say, this is dumb, this isn't real. Nobody does that in any other performance no, activity. No. And so get over yourself about this deal. There are ways to practice to keep it safe. With You know, you, just, you record anything on your phone these days Absolutely. and listen back to it. Absolutely. Type it out and get feedback from a coach or anything. So We should do a whole session on that, a whole episode. Is that what we call these things now? Episodes, sessions yeah, sessions. Sesh, call it a sesh. But we should do one on practice. I, I agree. And because there's That'd all be different things to practice. It'd be like good it. practice. Okay. Yeah. So come see us, listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com. Go join our LinkedIn group. It's crazy. It's awesome. It's a big party all the time. All the time. See you next time. Bye.